Hello, 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 and welcome back to Joe on Joe Extreme. It's me, Joe Slepsky, your host, and I'm back this week with, I gotta be honest, guys, another home run of an episode. It is fantastic. It's the third episode of the second season. It's called A Traitor Among Us. And it just dives headfirst into this whole Iron Claws, Clancy stuff. The Joe team is on their heels. This episode is fabulous. And I am so happy to watch this fabulous episode with a friend of the show. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a Patreon supporter. And he's a longtime listener. And it's about time we got him on. I'm welcoming Matt Anderson from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Matt. Welcome to Joe on Joe Extreme. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here. Oh, man. Very happy to have you on. So, Matt, you're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That is, uh, we can't go any further without pointing out, you're in the hotbed of social activity these days. Uh, yes, very much so. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of the, the start of... Yeah, are you safe? Are you I mean, what what was that what was all that like? Just so you guys know, we're recording this in mid-July, right you know, we're about a month out from a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests which were, you know, centered around the George Floyd uh murder in Minneapolis. So right. for historical reference, that's where we're at today. Um so where were you at when it all went down? Let's talk about that. Uh yeah, I was just at home really for the most, you know, we're all <laughs> Pretty much in lockdown. We, you know, we've been in pretty strict kind of lockdowns for a while in in Minnesota too, since like March. Yeah, our governor implemented pretty quick, so a lot of people were staying home. And around that Memorial Day time was around when things were kind of loosening up a little. And unfortunately, that's when the murder happened. Um, and there was just mostly vocal unrest for you know a few days, and then uh, you know about Wednesday, Thursday that week's when a lot of the the pro, you know, the protests have been going on, but then we started getting the riots. Um, you know, peers like people came in from out of town to almost kind of escalate them. Um, some bad people that yeah. really weren't, you know, in support of actually what the protests were about, which were a positive, you know, trying to right. accomplish. I agree. Um, um, now, I don't know much so about I don't know much about Minneapolis. Are you in like, is it? I know, obviously, it's a, it's a large city, but is like, are you in the suburbs of Minneapolis? Are you near more yeah. downtown? Like, where are you at in relation to where a lot of the action was happening? Yes, yeah, so we're about 15 minutes from downtown, so we're in a northern suburb, just a little bit north of downtown Minneapolis. So we were, for the most part, far enough away, you know, that nothing really outside of one of the local malls that's about five minutes away. There's a little bit of looting there, mm -hmm. but the real intense riots were you know, about 15 minutes away. Okay. So. so that was more uh, we're downtown. Much, yeah. 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 We're pretty glued to the news. Obviously it's just sort of scary and you're okay. hoping for the best. And, it had to be. Yeah. It had to be. It, not to make light of it, but it's sort of, you know, once the national guard and SWAT teams and things came in, it, I, when I was watching the news, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching dark Knight rises live out on the TV screen. Like this is Bane with his, group i'm i need batman and <laughs> you're not wrong man you're not you're you're really not wrong and and i don't i don't think uh you know i don't it's i don't think that's making light of it at all i think i think that's what no. a lot of us go through we see those parallels and we see them paralleled in in some of the entertainment that we've been watching for decades uh and 
sometimes the truth is is worse than the fiction, you know? Um, there wasn't a guy in a, in a Bane mask running around, was there? <laughs> probably was. I wouldn't be oh, surprised. That's true. That is true. I did see a guy in New York. This Whoever did this was brilliant. A complete head-to-toe Spider-Man costume, full-on cosplay, a great-looking costume. And <laughs> and they were crawling. like They were like hanging off a wall at one of the bridges or something like that in New York. It was fabulous. It was whoever did that. <laughs> it was just absolutely God bless them. I love them for it. Yeah. Um, so in the weeks since, I know like on the news, you know, everything was wall to wall coverage on that. Uh, are, are people, are people are still, are they still pro? I know that, you know, like the, a lot of the violence and a lot of the, the, the red hot anger has died down, but are, are they still, um, gathering daily or like, what is, what is the mood of the city? Yeah, I think it's more in kind of a hopeful, you know, a bit of a mood of repair in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, our governor is trying to get a lot of help for, you know, the damages caused in a lot of businesses. I think your governor's mm-hmm. great. I think your governor's great, by the way. I see her. I see her yeah. a lot on the news. I think I think she's got her uh, got her head pointed in the right direction. And uh, so I feel, you know, hopeful that, that things will turn around in a positive way there. Um, it seems like a lot of the shift is back to the COVID spike. Yeah. And it's yeah. the big time. Which, now. which from one disaster to another, <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> this is just, this is just happy, good time, field time, uh, happy, good time, Joe on Joe today. Um, you, <laughs> no. Yeah. Matt, you are a fitness certification uh, employee. Like you, you work with uh, personal trainers and you get them certified yeah. for fitness. Right. Uh, and you also yep. mentioned, yeah, you also mentioned your wife is is a school teacher. Both of those sure. both of those uh, jobs are heavily impacted by by COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, so, in a normal world, I I was traveling kind of throughout the U.S. teaching a lot of these workshops and courses. You know, a lot of time in the airport, but sometimes driving, depending on how close they were. But a lot of times, the airports all over the U.S. Uh, normally meeting lots of people <laughs> interacting so that's all kind of been shut down doing some online stuff but uh, mostly just answering questions from home like we you know recorded some videos and uh, did some voiceover work things like that oh, to try great. to make it as accessible for people as possible uh, during this time because not a lot of travel and yeah in the fitness industry as a whole is Pretty heavily impacted. Sure, absolutely, it's got to be. So, well, I hope I hope that you guys are uh, you guys are doing well because you, with your wife, I know that right now, again, as we record this, the big debate is whether or not schools are going to be opening. Uh, yeah, you know, she and, is. And, yeah, what yeah. what is her? What's the state of her school? Like, what grades? Does she teach grade school or high school or what does she teach? Yeah, yeah, she's uh teaches fifth and sixth grade uh, special education. Oh, amazing. She teaches at a private school where it's all students with, uh, you know, like learning challenges. Well, God bless her for that. That's That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Have they, has her, has her school announced, um, like what kind of COVID guidelines they're going to be opening with? They're, they're trying, they're, they're still, she's on a task force kind of volunteer one this summer, trying to figure out how they're going to open things back up and, September, you know, they're, they're weighing kind of the different options right now. Um, you know, will it still be, you know, school from home? Will it be a half and half or half the time they're in school? Or just half time they're, they're teaching on Zoom like they did for the last, you know, three months of the school year. Um, 
or you know will it be folded back you know trying to adhere to all these different uh and social distance guidelines sure. and protection and well, you guys, so I mean, it's a big question, really. Yeah. Well, I love hearing that she's that she's on the task force for it. That's great. Tell her, tell her, thank you for being part of the solution. <laughs> for I'm real. Sure mean it. And, um, and this is you guys are just you guys are both literally on the front lines of everything happening in America right now. Like this, you couldn't, right, right. you couldn't be more relevant right now. Right. And very thankful we're not out of work or anything like that. You know, a lot of great. other people have been affected so much more. So, uh, you know, grateful for that aspect. Yeah, that's 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 fabulous. And another thing you have your finger on the pulse of, Matt Anderson, is G.I. Joe. Let's be yes. real. There's nothing that's coming up faster and more just in your face right now than G.I. Joe. And I'm not even I'm of course, I got my tongue in cheek, but I'm not even being hyperbolic with that. G.I. Joe was like, right. we were at the comic shop yesterday, and I'm we have multiple calls about G.I. Joe comics, multiple people coming in the store asking about G.I. Joe stuff. We got people calling to see if we were carrying the G.I. Joe figures. I'm telling you, I can feel it in the air. G.I. Joe's going to have a great year. I That makes my heart so happy. <laughs> That's what, what I say. It's a brand I've had, you know, love for since I was probably about five years old. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Sure. Um, so my first, I'm sure I probably saw a few of the commercials on TV would probably be my first introduction, but I, I would have been around five years old. I remember when my parents got their first VCR. Yeah. And, <laughs> probably yeah, cost, probably cost them $700. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> this was like, you know, 80, you know, late 84, 85, somewhere in that oh, time yeah. frame. I remember <laughs> um, <laughs> the first, it wasn't all the same day, but the first three VHS tapes my mom rented for, you know, a little five-year-old me was, it was a two-parter He-Man tape, which had the first couple episodes. Um, getting, at that point, I was watching He-Man every afternoon. Yeah. That was my uh, everything <laughs> in my world at that point. Um, so it was that. Um, it was the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Yes. Because um, I was way into the superpowers action figures and watching the, you know, the Super Friends cartoon as well. Um, and then she said, oh, I think you might like this G.I. Joe thing. And it was the VHS, the very first miniseries, you know, the kind yeah. of real moving hero, the mass device one. And um, instantly, it, this show just blew me away and in particular the character of duke just spoke to me like i was already a real big uh, fan of captain america my parents got me a subscription to the captain america comic book and i think duke in a way looked a lot like steve rogers without the costume absolutely you know, did yeah and so i think right away i'm like oh, i like this guy you know he's the strong yeah stand-up leader but he sort of had this humorous side you know I laughed as a kid and he said he wants to kick the mustard out of that crazy hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, and then kind of, I grew up in Iowa, a very small town okay. in Northeast Iowa. And one thing that really was cool to me as a kid was in that, uh, that first miniseries, that's the scenery is like in that back to tank, like Luke Skywalker from empire. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about his background. I said, as a young boy growing up in Iowa, I'm like, Duke's from Iowa. <laughs> 
And then I was very confused when I got his action figure in the file card said he was from St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> once, again, once again, St. Louis coming in and ruining everything. I'm just kidding. I'm right. just kidding, St. Louis. Yes. <laughs> yes, I grew up a big Cubs fan, so oh. I was not a Cardinals fan. <laughs> hey, me too. Me too. That's why I take the shots at St. Louis that I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great, man. That's great. And so so the cartoons drew you in. Did you branch out into – obviously, you must have branched out into the toys. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember, you know, like I said, that first miniseries. And then, you know, a few months later, my mom's like, hey, it's on TV every day. And that would have probably been that first full season, you know, in the fall of 85. So I was watching that every day. And then I'm like, I really want some of the figures. And I think it was my grandpa I sweet-talked. They were, my grandparents were fantastic to me. They got me a lot of the action figures and the toys. And I remember Flint was my first uh, action figure. I couldn't couldn't find Duke right away, but um, Flint was there. And he was kind of my number two, Joe. Oh, so. Flint's, Flint's yeah. a good one. That's Flint started me off into yeah. quite the rabbit hole. And then um, probably close to around that time is when I started getting the comics as well. I was already getting comics at that time. Um, my parents were always real good about – that was one thing they were probably big on, I think, because even though I couldn't fully read them probably at that age yet, um, it really was kind of helped teach me a lot of words and mm-hmm. probably well picked up reading pretty quickly. And, you know, it's that great visual too. So yeah. you have the visual with the words. And I remember I'd look at these comics and – go ask my parents what they meant and and gi joe in particular you know was really great for education yes larry wrote larry wrote for a a much higher uh level of reader than you know than than i think the age the age of of us that were reading it at the time he absolutely wrote up and and i think that's so that's great i think the best comic books do that right and i want to say that i think I would not have gotten this off the stand. So I must have, someone must have given me the copy. Maybe it was a friend of a friend or something. Was, I want to say it was issue 37 uh, with Flint uh, was on it. Uh, Flint's debut. And he's like jumping off, about but, to fight the Crimson Twins. Yeah, jumping off the roller coaster. Yes. Yes. So good. Yeah. And then I think the first one I got off the, like the newsstand or at the local pharmacy, I want to say it was 44 and it had Lady J on the cover and she's being chased by a semi that has, I think it's a battle Android troopers. Yes. And she's on a motorcycle. I think she was on yeah. the, uh, the, I think she was on a silver Mirage, but she was definitely on a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. I love what we just did without realizing it is exactly what something that we were talking about at the comic shop today. And I've said this before on the show, we just described the our some of our early comic experiences and the stories that were in the comic corresponded to what was happening on the cover and that's how our brains yes. that's how our brains kind of connect to that and right. in general i don't know how you feel on this but i think that's a huge huge flaw with comic book covers today that oh, the yes. the, co- <laughs> the majority of the covers, and certainly not all of them, some people are going to say like, well, uh, whatever, uh, Immortal Hulk usually does. Yeah, Immortal Hulk actually usually does correspond to what's happening inside. But the right. vast majority... Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vast majority of covers don't tell a, a, a glimpse of the story that's happening in the book, and therefore you're de- it, there's a devaluation in the mind of the reader because they all blend in together, you know, like every cover is a group shot or a so, you know, or some kind of <laughs> glamour pose by 
you know, by a painted artist that doesn't correspond right. to the story. So there's no, there's, and, and because the cover is the only, the thing that we look at most of the time in, of, of any comic book, there's no mental connection. So as you get older, it all blends in together and, and nothing really stands out. Um, yeah. And if I were, if I were in charge of any, any line of comic books, that would be the absolute first thing that I do is make sure the covers as best as possible reflect what is happening inside the comic book. Cause that's the only way you're going to burn those memories into your readers. I fully concur. Like I, I couldn't even tell you, like I can't even think of a cover that stood out to me, you know, much in recent times. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I look at them and like, wow, that looks good. And then I turn the page and, into the story. Well, you remember, you remember in the eighties, uh, when Marvel did that month, I think it was for the celebrating their 25th anniversary and they did that month of headshots. Yes. And and yeah. And like, there was a great snake guy. I forget what issue it was, but snake eyes had the headshot. And, um, uh, yeah. Bordak was on the masters. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the, they had the, the, uh, the framing of all the various Marvel characters around it. Like it was great. Like it's a great, it was a great promotion. But the reason those stood out so much and are so memorable is because they were not, they were unique. They were not, you know, the same thing that's happening on every other cover that month or every other cover that week. So that's why it sticks in your head as such a great series of covers. It's like anything, when every week all the covers roughly look the same, just with different, you know, this one has Green Lantern and this one has Flash, but it's the same type of cover everything nothing is unique everything is the same actually Fla- i'll say this flash has been doing a great job with showing the uh showing stuff that's going on. i don't know if you read flash but flash has been pretty good lately and their covers absolutely reflect uh the action that's happening oh i that's a series actually i want to go back and and get i didn't start getting at the beginning of rebirth and not you know I, joshua williamson's kind of finished up his run mm-hmm. i know and it's good. Yeah, Flash, Flash, has, Flash has really been solid. Yeah, they've really, really, really done a great job with it. Um, and I should take that back. I've gotten a couple issues because they crossed over, like the Bud and crossed over with Batman. Yeah. I guess. Yep. They pick up those issues. And, I'm and excited. There's one other Batman crossover too in there somewhere. I'm excited about that uh, Batman Three Joker story. I'm curious to see how they wrap that up. Yes. That, that, that whole thing's been kind of a kind of a weird continuity mess, loose thread that that uh, is interesting to me. But I just let's wrap it up and move on. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, it was not like in the New Fifty Two Justice Leagues when that first got touched on. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Batman sat in the Metron in the uh, Mobius chair, and he's right. I mean, that was six, five years ago. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Come on. So. Uh, but I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, so that's my comic tie trap for today. But J.J. Joe's on the cusp, man. Joe, as we, so as we uh, as we're recording this, and this episode is dropping the week after that new Snake Eyes comic book dropped by Rob Liefeld. Oh yes, uh, yeah. So I haven't read it. I hope that it's good. Uh, Me too. <laughs> hope in one hand, you know, crap in the other. See which fills up first. However, I've got hopes for it. Let's just, we'll leave it at that. I have not read it. I'm not going to judge it before I see it. I just, I have hopes for it. Yeah. And I'm enjoying both, uh, you know, always will enjoy the Hama Joe series. It's yes. you know, still going on. And I've enjoyed um, the other current uh, kind of the IDW continuity. Uh-huh. One, right. It's just sort of a different sort of almost like an alternate universe kind of take. Oh yeah. In a way. Yeah, for sure. But I enjoy it. 
Despite I, what happened in issue one, you know, based on what I said, my favorite character was. <laughs> oh, that's oh oh did did they kill off Flit in the first issue? Uh, Duke, yeah. Oh, Duke. Oh, right. Yeah, they totally did. You're right. I forgot about that. Well, that's. I think that. Um, I I absolutely am. I'm. Let me go on record. I'm enjoying the heck out of the Paul Aller stuff. Um, I yes, think Paul he's. Aller. Yeah, I think he's really talented. I love the Hama stuff, of course. Um, I do think he's really talented. The what's what sucks is that that run has been just totally cut in half by these delays from the pandemic. So, you know, like it didn't get a chance to like burn into people, you know, any, any readers, you know, brains, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I hope that it survives that. I hope that it, um, you know, I hope, I hope they, they give it as much of a leash as they can. Like, let's, let's not, let's not make any rash decisions until well after the snake eyes movie comes out, assuming that comes out on time this year. Did, or did that get, did <laughs> yeah. that get delayed to next year? Or is that still on for this year? I am not sure. Like you know, so much. I'm not sure what anything's coming out anymore. It seems yeah. like so many dates have changed. I don't, um, I don't, I don't even know when Wonder Woman's scheduled anymore at this point. It's I know it was pushed to August. I'm like, there's no way it's coming out at that point. And I, I think I'm sure it's been pushed back again. But. Well, the internet tells me that Snake Eyes is still scheduled for an October 23rd release date. So cross your fingers, everybody. And cross your, cross your swords, cross your fingers, and put the mute button on because it's Snake Eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a lot of hope for that movie. And they were they announced the uh, the video game. Uh, there was a listing. Yes. There was a listing on Gamefly. Surprise that Joe on Joe broke the news about the Gamefly release. Well, Matt, what is your connection to GI Joe Extreme? Sure. Um, I actually watched it when it first aired. I was in high school. Um, and we exchanged some messages. I was telling you kind of how I found it. It was syndicated on my local Fox station uh-huh. in Odyssey, Iowa. Um, aired, the first season aired on Sunday mornings, kind of this little cartoon block with, you know, the Marvel action hour stuff that Iron Man Fantastic Four. Um, so I made a point to, you know, try to watch it. It wasn't perfectly my cup of tea but uh i was so happy just to have something gi joe since it sort of been away for a few years the comic was done at this point um you know the marvel comic uh-huh. um and then i know i saw the second season as well um and that's when around time beast Wars started and they sort of aired in the same block of time that power block that was mentioned a couple episodes ago or mm-hmm. beast wars was on a couple days and gi joe extreme was on a different day so I made a point to watch it. Um, and, and at the time, were you um, like, were you, were you confused? Was it throwing you off that it wasn't, you know, the real American hero stuff? Like, did you warm up to any of these guys or, or what was your, do you recall at all? Like what your take on it was, whether or not like you and cause there's a level of, Oh, like I, like I love Iron Man. Like you mentioned the Iron Man TV show. I love Iron Man. Yeah. I love, Fant- I love fantastic four. The first two seasons of those cartoons were terrible. But the second, yes. the second season, at least of the FF one, got a lot better. I think the Iron Man one did too, but the second one, the FF, yeah. got better. So I could appreciate, like, oh, wow, I love the FF, and I connect with those people. But, man, that first season sucked. So was there any of that where you were like, I don't, man, I like this cartoon, but I like these, like, I, I'm into the characters. Or because it was just different in both directions, did it turn you off at all? Um, I think I was just so happy to have some form of, gi joe out there but it definitely it wasn't the same you know to me as a you know real american hero which i really had the connection with and um 
I, I always said in my mind, I almost viewed it like these characters are like, you know, my regular Joe characters. So like Lieutenant Stone very much felt like Duke to me. Or yeah. Maybe Hawk or Flint. You could kind of roll all three of them into Stone. And, you know, like Mayday certainly had the Scarlet look with sort of the Lady J personality. Uh, so that's sort of, I guess, in how my mind I, I went to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's this, it's this future version. There's similar characters, but it's different. Um, yeah, I certainly thought it was at the time the worst of the the GI Joe cartoons. And I admitted this to yesterday. For years, I was like, oh, that's probably the worst GI Joe is that GI Joe Extreme era. Again, even though I watched it because it was GI Joe, but. Boy, watching it recently, I uh, turned a corner on the show quite a bit. Yeah, and I think it's time to remind listeners that the what what Matt's talking about this turning the corner on it. It's because when you watch it, really watch it now, you know, with with more mature eyes, you realize it's a good show. So remember, yeah. guys, we have the hashtag out there: hashtag Release the Extreme. It is out there, guys. So at Hasbro hashtag release the extreme so listeners remember when you're on the internet you need to tag hasbro send them a send them a a twitter note send them an instagram tag hashtag release the extreme we need to get this out there guys we get that trending we get eyeball hasbro eyeballs on this they're going to know that we want to see extreme in some form you know streaming or on a blu-ray it doesn't you know doesn't matter we're not demanding any any specifics we just would love to see this embraced um and if not you know if not embraced in any kind of reboot just embrace as part of the history of gi joe and make it aware because there's some really cool stuff in this that absolutely could be pulled out and used in the modern in the modern stuff and no one's going to know about it unless they see these episodes so hashtag release the extreme matt are you with us on this absolutely (laughs) Well, do your part, listeners. Do your part. Retweet, retweet, retweet. Uh, it should check my timeline on Twitter and stuff. It should be all over that. And you know, we gotta let's let's put the pressure on Hasbro because they're because they're not doing enough video games and action figures and <laughs> movies. And now we need them to data mine two years of GI Joe uh, obscurity. I love it. Well, Matt, <laughs> today's episode is really really cool. Uh, like I said, it is called A Trader Among Us. Uh, it's a really exciting episode, and it starts with a good recap. So we're going to get ready to watch the episode. Listeners, if you're able to find the episode, hashtag release the extreme, uh, be ready to watch along with us. And while you're on the internet, spreading the good word of the hashtag release the extreme, I'm at Joe and Joe Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can send me an email to joeandjoepod at gmail.com if you, like Matt, want to be a guest on the show. Um I love I love having listeners on. It's my favorite favorite part of the show. And guests not only get uh, the actual episode to watch on via bootleg link, but I've also got uh, the entire library of it. And so, guests, you get access to all the GI Joe Extreme. So, if you want to watch GI Joe Extreme, hit me up. That's that's your that's your that's the carrot, Matt. That's the carrot to get people to want to do this. It is a fantastic carrot. I am so happy to get that link. <laughs> I appreciate it when I got it. I'm like, it's so nice to have an easily accessible way to watch the show now. Totally, totally. Well, hashtag release the extreme. All right, listeners, get your episodes ready. Uh, we're going into A Traitor Among Us, Season 2, Episode 3. And here we go. So, I'm fairly positive that 
we are not going to see any more of the live action uh, openings for this show. I'm pretty sure they. it doesn't seem like they did any of them for season two. Yeah, and I, I can't recall if they ever did either. It's been quite a while since I watched it, but yeah. from no. what I've watched in season two, I haven't seen any. Yeah, because we're also, um, so far, you know, we don't have any of the um, uh, PSAs on there as well. So it seems like the, the budget for PSAs and the budget for live action was cut, but the budget for awesome was certainly not cut. And we well, start, well, oh, real quick, we start, we're starting this episode starts with a recap. So if, if you, if you're not like fully caught up on the show listeners and, and you're hearing this maybe episode for the first time and you, you haven't gone back and listened to all the Joe and Joe's. This gives you a good recap of what happened at the end of the so first season. Free Clancy, who Ironclaw had taken hostage and defeat Ironclaw once and for all. So they're fighting. You get that little nice voice over there. And and basically what we see is is a recap that that Claw's believed dead, but he really replaced Clancy, which is comes comes really it really comes into play in this episode. And there's uh, this is also a, a little bit of that music video action montage stuff, but this is all recap, so it makes sense. Now, what do you think of the art style here, Matt? That's actually something I was going to touch on. I feel like the the second season, the animation got a little bit stronger. I agree. I completely agree. I found this out there. It's um. The models got a little more, I think a little more, I don't know, detailed, but a little more, um, although what we're watching here, this is, this is from the first season, but, um, yeah, there was something different. There was just, well, they changed, like they changed the, what, eagle eye, ballistic is now eagle eye, so that he literally had a model change. Um, and it was just, it was just it was, I don't know what the difference was. I'm not a animation expert in that regard, but I definitely agree. I definitely agree. It definitely looks better. And there's a different production. I think there was a new production company on, on this one too, a little bit. Seemed to be a a new um, logo at the end. Right. This is new animation. This is new stuff. So we're getting, we're seeing where Clancy's being held by that steel dragon, that awesome looking steel dragon lady. Got a lightsaber. What is that all about? <laughs> now, were you familiar with her? Were you familiar with her at all? Uh, I have vague memories of her from yeah. when I watched it, but uh, I think she's a pretty cool character. She's from awesome. I would love to see them do bring her back more. You know, and I really thought the Scar characters as a whole were pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, you I mean, know they each have interesting personalities and character traits. Yeah, they and they absolutely would fit in, in in the world of Joe and Cobra, you know. Right. Um, and really, like, let's look. So, like, let's go down. Like Inferno. Let's just focus on him being the fire guy instead of also being like the the toy master guy. Uh, right. But just being a fire guy, Cobra only had um. What they had like the heat vipers, right? But they never had a right. specific person who was a fire person. So they they right. could so they could yeah more yeah but fire well yeah but Firefly wasn't you know what I mean he was more like demolition so his name was Firefly right. but it wasn't you know what I mean like a straight up like bar- right. barbecue guy or charbroil because char charbroil right. was a charbroil was a Joe right correct yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I so, guess 
torching a little bit of a way. You I know, guess, I yeah, I guess. It's but not, not to that level. Right. You know, so you bring Inferno in. He's a flamethrower guy. Uh, can't find the computer file of the uh, Rampage. Oh, real quick. Metalhead is very upset because there's a file that got deleted from his computer. So he just threw a bunch of fast food. That's how upset he was. Um, <laughs> and you know he probably had the munchies. And oh, he completely had the munchies. But he's really <laughs> upset about this. And I love that they're, this red guy who was the caretaker for their new base, which their new base is is like the um it's like the weapons training ground he's this guy that looks like hank mccoy he um he's like a major character in this episode and i love it he's not he's never going to get an action figure but he's he's a main character in it right i kind of thought he had the hank mccoy look and then he had the banshee uh Uh uh-huh you know called everyone yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, totally irish yeah yeah he's a a huge his name's red too you know like (laughs) right Just, listen, Joe's never met a stereotype that they didn't like. Um, <laughs> so, so Clancy, quote unquote Clancy, and Stone are meeting with the president. And he wants to send him on a you know mission to, to take out uh, Scar. And, Iron, and Ironclaw slash Clancy is, is really trying to talk them all off the ledge here. So this is cool, and I what I what I really dig is that the, this episode itself does a lot of um like does dual storytelling, and look how impatient uh, Clancy is. And and Stone starts to suspect that Clancy may not be exactly who he thinks he is. We have to provide reliable security to bring him in. I thought your team. No, I mean. This informant is so vulnerable to any scar attack, we must ensure there are absolutely no leaks. Stone and I should be the only ones privy to this information, and we should personally meet him and escort him to a safe house where he can be immediately debriefed. Splendid idea. So, the best there is. Clancy is a. Oh, that's great. The president's like, there's no one I trust more than you, Clancy. So, so yeah, so Clancy and Stone are going to go on this mission together. And you can just see Stone looking like something's up here. Yeah, he doesn't trust him, and and it's great. And I think, um, like if we think about it, so this this season is thirteen episodes. Uh, this is basically about a quarter of the way through, right? And it makes sense that like now at this point in the storytelling that someone would start to suspect that Clancy's you know not Clancy, you know, um, and when I first watched this, I was afraid that this was going to be the end of that subplot you know like they were going to reveal him in this episode right right that's why i was thinking yeah and spoiler alert that that doesn't happen and i was so happy to see that he's got um (laughs) although a drawing of uh iron claw it looks like he has a um organ on his mouth yeah (laughs) you know like a a pipe organ yeah He's uh, not quite as there. Yeah, he's playing at the local church later, Sunday services. <laughs> it reminds me of. Um, do you remember the filmation Ghostbusters cartoon from the eighties, where it was not like you know the movie Ghostbusters, the, the ones movie. with the gorillas? Yeah, and the bad guy always played his organ. He kind of had a similar look. Uh, it's like primeval. Or something. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I do remember the gorilla, which was based on the live action show 
from the seventies, the Ghostbusters. Right. Did you ever see that one? That show's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Listeners, yeah. if you've never seen that, seek it out. Cause it's crazy. <laughs> it is about two dudes. Um, and I, I know the actors, but I forget who they were. Um, and they were lit. They were kind of just like the movie. They weren't capturing ghosts or anything, but they were g- busting ghosts. You know, they were, it was like Scooby-Doo kind of busting ghosts and a giant person in a gorilla suit. Literally, that was the adventure. There was it was a live action person in a gorilla suit busting ghosts. <laughs> and I think the cartoon was supposed to be like their kids or something. Well, yeah, the cartoon I believe was they the re- the reason the Ghostbusters had to call them the real Ghostbusters was because that the TV show still had the copyright on it. There were copyright issues around it. So whoever did the animated version of the gorilla show, they basically said we can absolutely sell the show, get all the PR from the huge hit that was the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. and, and yeah, and just just make whatever kind of show we want to make because we can legally call it Ghostbusters and kids will absolutely watch it. And they probably made a ton of money, even though the show was terrible because right. because it had the name Ghostbusters. Like, and, and yeah, <laughs> completely, completely, man. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I've read a little bit about, I mean, I have, I know I've read about that, but I think I've read specifically where the the name the movie name ghostbusters they 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 were all they were having naming troubles almost all the way up to like final production right and i yeah, think I they that, yeah, yeah and that it must be that they got it ironed out to use it if they gave like tv rights or something or toy rights you know what i mean cuz the toys were called real ghostbusters too yes they were yeah, yeah. A few of them cuz yeah the, so that i mean that's just that's crazy and i oh wow so there's a lot going on here uh, yeah. Sergeant Savage and Metalhead are getting in a fight because Sergeant Savage believes Metalhead is the traitor. And Sergeant Savage, well, we're going to commercial. We'll be right back. It's a lot happening here. Listeners, I know what you need in your life. You need more podcasts. And you also love movies. So why not do a podcast that's about not one movie? It's about not two movies. It's about three movies and a meal i'm talking the movies and a meal podcast this show is great it's brought to you by keith brad and ben and each week they bring a new movie to the table which they all discuss as a group and it's not you know your highfalutin movies it's what we do in the shadows the fantastic four rise of the silver surfer and out of sight you know it's bad education ghostwriter and a view to a kill It's X-Men Last Stand, Queen Sugar, The Mandalorian, and Major League Two. They are a lot of fun to listen to. You guys know Ben. It's our friend Ben Penserga. He was a guest on Joe and Joe. In fact, Ben was the very first remote guest that I ever had on this podcast, so he's always got a special place in my heart. I'm really digging this. I I just started listening to it last week. It is a lot of fun. They bring a guest in. The guest, uh, I I listened to their Heathers episode. They, They were joined by Kelly. And she went in depth on her favorite movie, which was Heather's. And it made me want to go watch Heather's to watch with them. I really dig it. So guys find them out there at movies and a meal, Twitter, Instagram, their website is movies and They put out one episode a week. Give them a listen, guys, support them. Let them know Joe on Joe sent you. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. It is quite entertaining. And now back to the show. Sergeant Savage is beating the, the, just the piss out of Metalhead because he absolutely believes he's the traitor and Metalhead doesn't like Savage Savage doesn't like Metal here's what I like about this uh, confrontation they got going on 
Metalhead is absolutely the uh, the representation of the modern kid, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's like, hey, dude, you know, that that's 100% Metalhead. Chill out, man. <laughs> yeah, chill out, man. And Savage, as we know, is a World War II generational veteran, literally. So it works 100% in character that those two d- wouldn't necessarily get along really well. Well, Joe, I just kind of thought of this. It's sort of like this was the prequel to Marvel Civil War. Metalhead's kind of a Tony Stark genius yeah. type, and Savage is Captain America. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So while they were fighting, though, there was a uh, there's an attack on the base. So Scar is attacking this. The, the, and this is, remember, this is the, the new G.I. Joe base. This is the... Um, uh, like the tech development center that Red runs, and right. Savage is straight up about to murder Metalhead here. He is convinced that Metalhead is the one who sold them out, but the three of them are trapped. It's basically think of like in the pit. Um, those early episodes in the comics where there was the assault on the pit and the guy got trapped in the basement. Do you remember that, Matt? Yes, I do. Yeah, and they had to like fight their way up to literally escape the pit. And oh, and eventually, when it, the pit finally did collapse, a Cobra Commander literally was trapped under there. Um, in the the earlier episode when it happened, uh, that's when we lost General Flag, um, yeah, or Admiral Flag, uh, yeah, Admiral Flag, yeah. And uh, that's kind of what's happening here. They're in this base; it's getting attacked, and if they don't get out, they're all going to die. So instead of beating up Metalhead, but here, ooh, this is great. Yes, this is my favorite part. Here we go. The real classy never takes off his shade. Now, you tell me where he is. I love it. I love it. Lieutenant yeah, Stone I... just used the you wear your glasses too much argument to call him a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good because this is the clue from the end of the first season that he remembers stone finally remembers oh wait a minute i stepped on your glasses when i first saw you you had your glasses on and then they were in the present in the oval office earlier and he took his glasses off his stone his clancy never takes his glasses off so now they're at a they're at this carnival where they were supposed to do you know this rendezvous mission and uh it's half he's half claw but now he's full iron claw but he was half claw he was half claw half clancy and he's hunting down lieutenant stone and it's great i just love how stone just like calls him out he knew it and he's just yep <laughs> and uh this kind of applies to the joe comics too where they're at coney island very much so with a comic you were talking about earlier with uh uh flint and, and, the, and the crimson twins right I, I think carnivals are such a great setting for action scenes you know You've right, got, I remember. Oh God, sorry. No, no, no. You've got you know. There's there's lots of bright lights, lots of distractions. Machines get turned on. You know what I mean? Uh, right. There, there's always the, carnivals. Literally, are dangerous to begin with. <laughs> People die at carnivals <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so now mix in, uh, you know. Oh, oh, that's great. His head's getting wrapped. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. So uh, yeah, I love when a good fight scene is, happens at a carnival. Um, what did I, oh my God, I finally watched and I said, okay, so I said good fight scene. So this wasn't a good one, but I finally watched the movie Catwoman, Matt. Oh, I've still never seen the whole thing. This is what COVID is doing to me. This is what the <laughs> lockdown I'm for. I finally was like, you know what? I'll watch Catwoman. Wow. Was it terrible? 
but there was a uh, there was a carnival scene. They got stuck on a Ferris wheel, and she like used her cat like powers to save people. You know, like Ferris wheels are like the most dangerous ride ever invented. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, and here comes the cyclone with, of course, Iron Claw riding it. So we're going to commercial. We'll be right back. Today's file card feature is on the Scar Bone Splitter tank. It's the armored vehicle that they use quite a bit on this show. It's a four-wheel drive vehicle with a cockpit for a pilot in the front. It's got a giant phallic missile launcher on the back. And in the back, there's a, a peg for you to put a uh, another member of Scar, as well as a uh, machine gun on the front right of the vehicle. The color scheme is green and orange. And the coolest thing about this is the missile is launchable, guys. It is made out of soft foam with a hard plastic tip. Um, I believe they call it the Ultra Slam Firepower. And let's not overlook the fact that on the front of it, there are dual chainsaws. That's right, not one chainsaw, two chainsaws. That's really great. And there's battle damage armor that breaks away when they're under heavy attack. It came with two flag points. And when you push down quickly on the missile launcher chassis part, that's when the soft foam missile fired. I like it. I think it works well on the show. I think it looks pretty good as a toy. It's got a big antenna in the back as well. The wheels are studded. Think of the APC's wheels where they got those, those neat grooves in them. I'm a fan. I dig it. Uh, so Bone Splitter, the armored tank for Scar, we salute you. I feel like that was well, a really quick commercial break. Like, like that se so that too. segment of the show, you know? It's, it was, there was a yeah. lot going on in the first act. Second act was really quick, and now we just get stone versus claw action. Are you much of a uh, much of a carnival, uh, like, like amusement park rider, Matt? Not huge. Like, you know, as a kid, I certainly like to, to go to it, but not as much in, in recent years. I get... Uh, I get motion sickness now. I never did that, when I was a kid. That is me too. Like I remember being on a tilt tour all a few oh, years back. I'm like, whoa, terrible. Like, I used to love this kid. Yeah, man. terrible motion sickness now. I can't go without one of those patches or you know or or something. Like, it's terrible to get old, I guess. Huh? Yeah, I guess so. Like it's fun though. I'm not a. I love going on roller coasters. I always have, but as right. I got older, in my mid 30s, all of a sudden I started literally vomiting. I'm like, what is happening? I'm not even drinking. I'm just. Right. <laughs> I'm just on a regular roller coaster and I just wanted to throw up. Uh, yeah. So now, yeah. So now I have to, when I go, Oh man, that's a good, that's a good spill, but we don't know who punched who. Did you catch that? Right. Cause the both, yeah. Cause it was great. The animation guys, both uh, claw and stone were wearing these trench coats and it was a foggy night. So as they're fighting on top of the um, Ferris wheel, they one punched the other and knocked him off. And now the trench coat is meeting up with the informant that they were there to meet. And we still don't know which one of our GI Joe guys, whether it's stone or Clancy slash claw, we don't know if they're which one's meeting this informant. And this guy is, is an actual government informant that he's actually uh, here to spill secrets on how uh, scar is infiltrating the base. And meanwhile, uh, back at the base, Scar is just uh, doing a full-on assault on the base. Like it's, it's like an assault on the pit. It's really cool. And Stone is just not stopping threatening Metalhead. I know. It's like, guys, there's something bigger going on here. Yeah, it's either just... that or he's giving him a deep tissue massage. 
Yeah, it's actually because it kind of looks like a deep tissue massage. (laughs) (laughs) Your neck's a little tight, so the computer all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're all this computer tension, metalhead. You got to let it out somehow. You know, here, you know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, you know, I was on a uh, when I was a kid. It's a carnival story. We were at uh, Great America, and so you're Minneapolis, Great America in Illinois. You ever been oh, there? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, we used to go there all the time when we were kids, and um, we were on the Eagle, that big wooden one, and uh, yeah. it was me and a bunch of my cousins, and my I was the youngest, so I had some older teenage cousins. They were with us, and someone way up, not not one of my family members, but someone, someone stranger, way up in the front of the car as we were going down the first big Eagle drop, and this is mid eighties, right? Held up right. a can of shaving cream and just squirted it. And so everyone on the everyone on the rest of the car got hit with shaving. We all got hit with shaving cream. It right. was pretty funny, but but God bless my cousins who were you know probably sixteen, seventeen at the time. When so when we pulled in, we were all covered. The whole everyone saw immediately that something was wrong. Right, the whole we were all covered in shaving cream. And the two dudes who did it, they jumped off and started to run off the platform because I knew they you know my cousins Definitely. jumped out of that jumped out of that ride and beat the shit. <laughs> it just started to beat these guys up. <laughs> I think they I think my cousins might have gotten kicked out that day. But um I feel like memory serves, I think the answer they did it. I think at first security was like, you're all gone and they were like, no, these guys, you know. Oh but wait, we're missing oh, we just missed some good stuff. I just talked about a violent episode from my path past. We just <laughs> basically we learned that it was Scar who won on the on the roller coaster he beat up stone and he brought that traitor to this cabal of other people who have infiltrated the government so it's not just scar this is like that that cadre of of you know like like the deep staters here that are you know working against the government and we find out that what's the matter with you they he basically handed over the traitor to him so scar is still winning well, I thought there was a big kind of nice reveal in this episode, too, where they talked about Iron Claw is just a portion of he has yes. the military branch, but yep. we have these other branches of Scar. You mm-hmm. know, it's so good. And that actually that actually plays off a lot of stuff that's in the comic book, too. In the comic book, he was part he was a smaller part of a larger organization. Um, they didn't touch on that a lot in the first season of this. So that they're bringing right. that in. I don't know if I don't know if it was hand in hand or, you know, at what point in the creation process of it. But it was great. So now Clancy, cl- quote, Clancy, is back to the president. And they're saying that... Uh, Stone sacrificed himself trying to save me. You tried your best, Clancy. That's great. The great loss. And now he knows the tidbit not to mess with his glasses. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's great. So this is what I was saying earlier, how I love that, like, it's... Um, oh, and so we, so Stone is totally, he's in a hospital. He's not dead, but he's in a hospital. Um, and Metalhead and Red and uh, Savage come to see him. And he's basically unconscious in a coma, probably. Oh, is he going to whisper something? Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, so so that's it. So what they did is they, like again, my worry was that they were going to reveal the whole thing to everybody. But it's not. They just, you know what I mean? Like, they just tease it out. So Stone knows it, but Stone's in a coma. So now Clancy can still do his evil bidding. You know what I mean? 
Right, exactly. It's so good. It, it lets us know even more as the viewer. It gets kind of pulls you in that much yeah, more. It's so good. It's so good. So Matt, we love on this show. I love, 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 love to get my guests some code names. So if you could be a member of the Joe team, the Cobra team, the Extreme team, or Scar, what would you be? Or Dreadnought, or Crimson, Crimson, you know, Destro's Iron Grenadier, something like any, whatever you want to be. You tell me, what would you want to be? What would your specialty be? And then what, and what would your code name be? Sure. So I, I've been thinking about this, obviously, listening to podcasts for a few years, and I think I'd go on the Cobra side. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> be evil here. And be maybe like one of their uh, leader kind of field commander types, sort of like the anti-Duke. Okay. Since, since Duke's my favorite character, I can't be him. You know, they already have Duke on the Joe team, so I'll be the Cobra equivalent, I guess. And so my backstory, I thought, was I actually was in the military unit. You know how in the comics, like Duke and Roadblock came in together? Yeah. And when Flint comes in, he's kind of was part of Duke's unit too. It's sort of revealed. He was, or, yeah. So I was part of that unit too, but Ooh. I didn't get recruited to GI Joe. So I became bitter and angry and grew to hate him. <laughs> and you know, that propaganda machine that's Cobra pulled me in. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. So what do you think? What do you think? What do you think for your code name? So that's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, how Cobra, they love their anagrams, mm-hmm. <laughs> Arbco and Braca and things like that. So of, Maybe some type of anagram of Duke, I thought would be kind of a cool, cool opposing name. How like, about and, 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 uh, how about this? Be. How about this? I was thinking the same thing too when you said that. Um, and then I know that there's a you know there's a Marvel guy named this. So, but you know what? Guess what? We're not making toys and we're not making comics with this. this is just how about nuke? <laughs> how about nuke? Oh yes, that's very fitting because of um, yeah. Is that? I mean, does that work for you? You know, you know, yeah, and you know, you know the, you know the, you know the Marvel villain I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, he's got the flag on. Yeah, screen, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I feel I'm not super happy with that because I feel like that's a little derivative. But but the anti Duke feels like it should be. Who are you? I'm Nuke. Right. Exactly. And you know, you know, it's that fake guys of he believes he's patriotic, but he's too extreme and. Obviously, I've become too extreme if I've joined Cobra. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? We're doing it. You're gonna be nuke. Is that good? <laughs> I like it. All right. Now, if we listen, if if we get if I get a call from a copyright lawyer, I'm just gonna give them your information. <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> All right. Well, hey, nuke. Welcome to Joe on Joe. Welcome to the Joe on Joe team, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Or actually, no, you're Cobra. Wait, welcome to Cobra. What am I talking about, nuke? Oh, yes. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Cobra team. Yes. Um, I loved it. Matt, I loved having you on today. What did you overall, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was great. Uh, I really liked kind of the plot advancement of the whole story. And, you know, it's kind of used a small cast compared to some of the episodes. Very much so. Uh, pulled me in. And very personal stories, too. And, and both both plot lines. Usually you'll get a plot line that's personal and then a plot line that's bigger. And they, right. they absolutely found a way to make the assault on the pit or whatever they're calling it. It's not the pit, but whatever that is. They made a, a way to make that a very personal fight between uh, Metalhead and Sergeant Savage, which is great. Right. Well, and I thought they kind of the plots ran 
simul, you know, concurrently. Like mm -hmm. they 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 fit well because you know it's the one blaming the other's traitor is clearly not when we're actually dealing with the real traitor. Yeah. On the other side of it. So. So now the question is, especially because Stone is in our listeners. I I watch these concur. Like I watch these as we go. I've not watched ahead because I want to be as fresh as possible. So as we go along, I mean, Stone is the main character of the team, right? He is the lead of the show. He's the Duke of the show. How long is he going to be in the coma? You know, because as soon as he, now, I wonder. Ooh, I wonder if when he comes out, is he going to have quote amnesia? Oh, good how great is that going to be? Oh, I'm excited. Well, you know what, listeners, you can find out yourself if Hasbro hashtag release the extreme. Okay, if we get Hasbro to hashtag release the extreme, maybe you guys could watch ahead and find out too, so you don't have to wait for my episodes to drop to find out what happened uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> so remember, when you're out there on social media, guys, hashtag release the extreme. Get it out there, Matt Anderson. Nuke, the Cobra Field Commander. Thank you so much for being a guest on Joe on Joe. Thank you so much. I had a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's really nice to meet you. And more so, let me say thank you so much for being a patron of this show, guys. Uh, I You can go to patreon.com slash Joe on Joe and support the show. We've got multiple tiers of support. You get access to um, the entire library of uh, Joe and Joe Illustrated, which I need to start up soon and get those going again. I've also got some very cool things in the hopper, uh, hopefully in August, that I'll be able to share with uh, the patrons. And it's just, a way to, it's just a way to help keep the lights on here at Joe on Joe. So I appreciate each and every one of you, Matt. So thank you so much for your support over the, over the months and years. And uh, listeners, we'll see you next time. Now you Joe, and Joeing is half the battle. Extreme! Extreme!